there was an anime today for Brian Michael Bendis, um, but there's also like supposed to be some stuff that uh, is supposed to get announced like soon ish, like as of like Thursday ish. Hmm. And have you heard what that could yeah, be? I, I, I just, I just uh, yeah. So the AMA was today. Um, there's supposed to be like a, uh, something going to be announced at Comics Pro um, in Charlotte, um, and that's Comics Pro is basically like a big retailer summit. So um, basically, it's just like, hey, this like that's the time that you 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 know you pitch all your stuff to like comics retailers and be like, please get get our get our stuff in your stores. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marvel, so, Marvel will also have a thing at Comics Pro, so I assume like we'll hear like big news coming from Comics Pro on Thursday. Okay, so that'll be interesting, especially for like um, I guess we'll talk about next week. But um, there's a kind of a lot of interesting things that happen. Like we were just talking about. So, do you know what this new Hulk origin is? Uh, I'm not reading Hulk. Uh, as a as a monthly, uh, I'm kind of just waiting for like a big like a like one of those bigger edition trades to come out that collects like 12 issues. Uh, but uh, evidently, you know, it has something to do with Bruce's father, you know, being more of a dickhead than we initially thought. And uh, something with, I, I believe like his dad uh, experimented on him, like with something like that was maybe gamma infused. And like, maybe, you know, it's not, it, it's like, it's not the bomb that made him the Hulk, but you know, it's it was like a catalyst for making him the Hulk. Yeah, I'm reading what the thing is. So they were making it more like mystical. So apparently, there's like a new personality, which is Devil Hulk. Which... Yeah, because Hulk was in like, uh, like a, I wasn't sure if it was like actual hell or a metaphorical hell or a. You know, it seems like they're connecting this all to like it says. This is all tied to the green door. The door is a gateway that connects different planes of reality to to a hell that lies below all other versions of hell known to exist in the Marvel Universe. I mean, to be honest, like, Hulk sounds like a really awesome book. <laughs> like, everything I've, I've seen of the Hulk book I have read has been just, like, super wild and really interesting. And it's, like, a really different take than what I, like... You know, it's like I feel like Hulk is like one of those characters. It's like you, you know what you get with him. You know, uh, like and I tried reading like Aaron on Hulk or Wade on Hulk or Jeff Loeb on Hulk, and it, it was all just like books. I was just like, like, I don't know if it's like the story or the art or what they're trying. You know, it's like they're not really like I kind of felt like no one's really, like really sure what they want to do with him. Well, because the problem um, is, is it's the essential Hulk issue, which is why I don't necessarily like Superman that much. Is like he's op to like the nth degree because he's basically godlike so when all the most interesting stories with him is more of like the emotional stuff and like dealing with like when hulk is sentient because like mindless hulk is not super entertaining unless he's kind of an antagonist but like that's why like the world war hulk worked well because it was like not dumb hulk Mm -hmm. and then yeah I, i agree with that yeah, so, like, having any sort of, like, personality with Hulk, making him, like, one, it depowers him most of the time, but it also makes him more interesting. Like, Rage Monster Hulk is just kind of like an an like a wild animal, so he's not really interesting to follow. Sure, but, like, that's, you know, what I kind of like, though, about this run is that they make him a monster, but it's not, like, he's not a Rage Monster. They're, like, treating him like he's almost like an old Universal movie monster. And, well, yeah, because he's and basically I, and I, 
and, and they really up Dr. Like Jekyll. Yeah, well, and that's like kind of like something like I don't know. I feel like like people haven't been doing for like a really long time with the Hulk, um, and and I like that uh, a lot. And and it went, and it's like I'm looking at like this image, like you know, like there's like a Hulk. I don't know, man. There's like some Hulk book that they're like trying to pitch right now. I guess that's got like that Weapon H. And oh I'm yeah, just, yeah. I'm just like, God, that sounds I, so I dumb. Even, I don't even want to talk about Weapon H. Is the one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. It's like the lazy. It's like the quintessential bad nineties comic. Not just bad nineties comics. Like that is the problem specifically that <sighs> uh, Marvel has had. Like to bring me back. Like it just is like I'm just like ah, uh, it's just like it's so lazy and it's so cheesy. Here's the it thing is. though, it's like that that book's got an audience and it's like Oh and, I'm sure know, it does. <laughs> and 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 I feel like the people that like read like books like Hulk and Surfer and Ghost Rider, like that specific audience, like will love that book. Yeah, and I, I'm actually like I am a Ghost Rider fan. Like he's a Marvel character I really like. There was um Oh man, what was the? I'm trying to remember the story. The story when he escaped hell and the devil split into like a hundred different pieces is like one of my favorite. It was like during the time of Planet Hulk because the Ghost Rider issue in that was actually in the Planet Hulk run is one of my favorite. Like it has one of my favorite panels in a comic book because like basically everybody in the Marvel universe are like, "What the hell is that thing?" And then like, "Oh, because the you know Hulk is on the Earth and he's kicking the shit out of everybody," and like. I think it's uh, Doctor Strange or Tony. I think it's Doctor Strange is like, oh my god, it's the Ghost Rider, and they're like, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, he's basically like he might actually be able to save us because he's like an unstoppable force. Like, there's actually like no real way to really stop him if like there's no stopping like the penance there. And they're like, oh, maybe we're saved. And Ghost Rider like rides all the way up to Hulk. Hulk just stands there like, and it's the Johnny uh, Johnny Blaze version. He gets off. The, he like parks the motorcycle, gets off, stares at the Hulk, and says. Like you're, he's like you're innocent, and turns around, and gets back on his bike, and drives away. And basically, the rest of the panel is just like the rest of the like the Illuminati characters like shitting their pants. That like the Ghost Rider judges the Hulk's actions as justifiable. But that story was like one of my favorite like Ghost Rider stories ever. When he's just like traveling around the country, kill, like having to deal with like these, as I think it's people who recently died, and they tied it into like Civil War stuff because I think one of the first ones is the Devil takes over Jack O' Lantern's body. After I think Punisher killed him, mm-hmm. and he's like tormenting his old town. It's it's interesting. Oh, uh, that's and that's how Jack Iron gets alive is alive again in uh, Venom. Yeah, he gets kind of resurrected in it. It's like really goofy, um, but it's an interesting story. I actually have a question about one of the things I've been reading. Mm-hmm. I read uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy by uh, Donny Cates and uh, Jeff Shaw. What happened? Oh, I'm not reading Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, I'm no, not... no, no. I mean, like, uh, the, there was a big teaser for it, where like, did something ha- like what happened? I mean, I wasn't reading the Infinity Countdown and Infinity Wars stuff. Did the, like there was like the new team is Beta Ray Bill, Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, Phyla Vell. Is, is Cosmic Ghost Rider? Uh... Frank Castle, yeah. Punisher. Frank Castle, yes. yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, but not like six foot six. Uh, Frank it's, Castle, it's like it's, uh, it's him from uh, it's. I know it is six one six Frank Castle, but, but him, it's like in the future. Yeah, like in an alternate future. It's actually a pretty awesome story because yeah, it's called Thanos Wins, where he just straight up defeats everyone, like 
defeats all Earth's mightiest heroes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think uh, so. Ghost Rider's defeated, and he had the only person like he joins to is is a uh, castle, but there's really nobody left on Earth. So his time in isolation for like I can't remember. It's like an insane amount of time. I feel like it's like hundreds of years or something like that. And he just goes insane. So that's why he's kind of like Deadpool-y. Where yeah. He's like cracking jokes. And then I believe, is it Galactus that shows up to finally put the Earth out of its misery and makes him his, um, his new herald? His new herald, which is how he gets space powers. Okay. And then Thanos kills Galactus, but then like keeps Ghost Rider around because he's like, I don't know. He can't really kill him, but he's also just like... Yeah, he, like, he, Frank doesn't like really. He doesn't really give a shit anymore. Yeah. So okay. So Guardians of the Galaxy. It's Bader Vale, Cosmic Coast Rider. Uh, who else? Vale Vale. Oh, Vale uh, Vale is back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I forgot the name. Or oh no, I remember Star Fox. Oh, uh, the worst. Wait, the what? worst. This yeah. Star Fox is like alive and being talked about and in a book. Yeah. So his power is like date rape. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> like he's well, that's literally his superpower. He 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 summoned everyone, all like all the heroes, or not or not heroes. He summoned everybody except every all the heroes except Earth Earth's heroes because he wants them to. He like he after Thanos died, he's he recorded a like po- like a. A mess. He recorded a message saying that that he prepared for he that he's prepared for everything, and that his consciousness is in is sort is basically embedded in someone else now. It's sort of like it's sort of, it's a bit like the whole Doctor Manhattan Doomsday Clock thing. Oh, but like Thanos's consciousness is in somebody else. Yeah, and so, then it goes to Peter Quill or Star Lord and and. Uh, Groot going to nowhere. They discover the nowhere is gone, and the Black Order show up to the meet to the big meeting, which felt very. It felt like the last season of Just League Unlimited, like or the penultimate episode. No, so it's just like we get to see like all these characters that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, there's like the surf, the Silver Surfers are there. There's actually a nice, a nice line between. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, and and I'm blanking on uh, Silver name. Uh, oh, no, Norrin Rad. Norrin Rad. And he's asking. He he's trying to like they, they get attacked by the Black Order, who have come to collect Thanos's body because the entire time this whole thing is going on, you just see Thanos with body without a head. That's weird. They basically like they're all trying to fight off the Black Order. Rad goes by, is getting trying to like it's sort of like the point man trying to get everything everyone to get, uh, like def, every get his defenses going. He goes, "Who are you?" Oh, Frank Castle. You killed me in all their future, but that doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> see, this is like all of your stuff that you're saying is like, oh, this all sounds interesting, but I'm so out of the current continuity that like I don't even know, yeah, like, how to even yeah, jump into that. It's not even just like on continuity on Guardians, but it's but just I mean, like, like the I, in general in the world. Like I don't even know where to start. Or like the entire space stuff. Like I like completely like side swipe the uh uh whatever that big like infinity event that they just did 
Yeah, because they're talking. They're the whole. The main goal of the the big meeting is to kill uh, Gamora. Who? Gamora? Why? Oh, Gamora. Yeah. Hmm. Because she's because of what happened, and I think she, I saw something when I like I I saw some page where she killed she she nearly kills or fatally wounds Star Lord. In Infinity Wars or Infinity Countdown, one of the two. No, oh, so they think she's working for Thanos. Well, Star Fox. Again, I have no idea who. Always, just as my brother Thanos. Like I have no, I don't know anything about this character other than what you two just said about. Oh, about Star Fox. Well, he's basically like one of the. I can't even. The last thing I remember is that they literally had a trial with him, where She Hulk represented him. And it basically ended where they had to, where he was like, yeah, you guys should turn off my powers. Because his power is basically, because he is Thanos' brother. I think he's his older brother. I don't remember. But he can basically make people fall in love with him. What do you, you look up the actual? But yeah, uh, it's sort of like that. And so like, they were basically like, you can, because of the way his powers work, I feel like they're okay, like. Okay. Star Fox okay. can psychonically stimulate the pleasure centers in nearby brain make calm and open suggestion using his uh, persuasion skill. What? Yes, so it's basically... Also su- it's also been suggested that when in physical contact and there is a direct line of sight between the subject and the target, Star Fox can use this euphoria effect to cause a person or persons to become infatuated with him, objects, or people of his choosing, or simply to make others feel good while in his presence. Notably, the euphoria power does not work on his brother Thanos, uh, his psychotic powers are possessed to some degree by all Eternals, but he developed them using his own unique manner. Uh, don't know why they use the word unique manner. Uh, Star Fox's mental powers do not work on beings whose brains do not have pleasure centers. These powers were later shut off at Arrows to request to prevent them from being abused. Yeah, that was the trial where She-Hulk is his lawyer. And basically the trial is that Thanos is like takes him to space court. And basically it's like, yeah, when we were children and tells the story that like Thanos got freaked out over his pet dying and Star Fox made him feel better and that that's what made Thanos become infatuated with death. And basically everybody's like, what the shit? If this is true, then everything that Thanos has done is directly a result of Star Fox. Well, it, it's not it ends up not being that. But basically they like come to the conclusion that like, oh, you could like subconsciously use, use your powers and kind of just like rape anybody who's around you and they won't even know it and you don't even know you're doing it yeah it's it's a bad power set and and it kind of forever flaws him as a character which is why it's mind-boggling that they're even using him but it's like but it's also like unfortunate that he's like brothers to like basically one of their biggest villains so it's like it's like he's a character who will always be on the table it's not like he's Mm -hmm. like the brother of Annihilus and it's like oh well we don't even barely use Annihilus, so it's like, if we were to use him, it's not like we will use his extended family. Yeah, well, there have been other characters with similar power sets. There was an X-Men character as a woman, and they actually brought her back after the No More Mutants thing. Yeah, Stacey X. Is that who it was? Okay, and then, like, she was, her story was, like, she's basically a stripper, but, like, since she lost her powers, but she kept her looks. <sighs> yeah, she's, so, like, like a, she's a Chuck Austin character. Yeah. That, that but, actually makes a lot of sense as to why... Uh, Stacy X actually recently showed up. Oh no, she was created by Joe Casey. Oh wow! Why did I think? Well, it sounds like a Chuck Austin character. 
Uh, but no, she like recently showed up in some book I was reading and she was like kind of cool in it. Um, well, it's a little bit more like, depending on how you write it, ha- having those powers in a woman is like less gross. It's still not awesome, but you can kind of get away with them a little bit more. Oh, she be- later became known as Ripcord. Yeah, what was uh, this book that Joe Casey wrote that? Oh, he, it was just his Uncanny X-Men run. Well, what I under- Sorry, go ahead, Alan. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, she has the mutant ability to exude pheromones, which she could control to stimulate bodily sensations and functions of others, such as causing orgasms or vomiting. <laughs> yeah, because if I remember, she's like, yeah, the X-Men kind of dragged me around because I could get them in places by just, like, making dudes, like, cream themselves and she's like so it was not really much different that it was just like a different costume but being a stripper or being a prostitute i was just like ooh. well the whole guardians thing mm-hmm. go ahead nearly everyone gets taken out and star lord and Groot, or, or uh beta ray bell's hammer sort of gets thrown like all the characters are falling into like a wormhole or a black hole or something. Battery Bell's hammer is like shoots out of the wormhole and it's covered with the chains from Cosmic Ghost Rider. So like he's so grabbing onto it? He, they get Groot and Star Lord get out of the rider, not named not named after Richard Rider, named after Winona Rider. <laughs> uh they pull they or they they don't get it out of action or they don't they, they they pretty much pull out the only remaining he- heroes, which were Philovel, Moon Dragon, Beta Ray Bill, and Cosmic Ghost Rider. So the Nova Corps show up. They want to take them, take them off, or question them. And Starlord basically just says, "No, you can't do that. They're my new team." And it's either Beta Ray Bill or Cosmic or Frank who just says, "Oh no, I'm not doing this." Hmm, that's interesting. That's like a cool setup of like a team. Like I like the the people on that team. I always liked Bela Val, so it'll be interesting because she hasn't really been around since when I was reading. She like I think she died in Annihilation War. Uh, yeah, Thanos killed her. Thanos like destroyed her, and then Moon Dragon turned into a little dragon at some point during that. And I don't even know is she even still Drax's daughter in this continuity anymore? I'm not sure because. Because they just keep changing stuff all the time. Uh, I just added a picture. Yeah, so it's Gladiator. I see here is Moon Dragon. Oh, who is the one guy? Is it Starhawk? You said Darkhawk. Darkhawk. And is that Richard Ryder Nova? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm like so out of it. Like I, I the last time I read any of the space stuff was Annihilation War. So like half of these characters were dead. Because is that Adam Warlock in the back? Yeah. Yeah, I think he had died in that. Oh. Yeah, but the thing that really just I wasn't not I still don't know about. He, uh, Star Lord runs in, and Groot run into a like a, a random Nova Corps member. Oh, the Nova Corps like exist again? Yeah, there's a lot of them. And asks the the guy just asks what it, where's where's the team? And apparently Drax is dead. Gamora is evil and. He looks at Groot, just says, "We don't talk about what happened. What happened, Rocket? We don't talk about." Oh, 
interesting. I have no, yeah, I have no idea what happened. I'm sure they'll get to, I'm sure it's going to be like a big plot point in that book at some point. Um, why don't we bounce over to one of these other news stories real quick? Um, I did think it was interesting, like sticking with the Marvel real quick. So I did see, I do like Robbie Reyes as a character, but they are apparently giving him the OG ghostwriter powers. So uh, he is he's like, uh, possessed with the spirit of vengeance. Yes. So he looks, he still has his like awesome jacket, but he mm-hmm. looks more like the spikiness. I don't know if you've seen the image yet. Yeah, I um I haven't like read any of uh, Jason Aaron's Avengers, but I hear it's like really fun. Yeah, and I always like the I like the idea of Robbie. I like the idea of like the Ghost Rider moving from person to person. I do mm-hmm. love I do love Johnny Blaze. It's a character that I like. I think we were talking about it a minute ago. But um, I never really was a fan of Catch. I know Catch was like the Ghost Rider for all, probably like most people because he was was he Ghost Rider, Ghost, was he uh, the Ghost Rider of the nineties. The 80s and the 90s, basically. Johnny Blaze was only there for, like, the 70s, like, the original run, and then he was gone. Was Catch a ghostwriter for that long? Yeah, Catch was ghostwriter, like, he was ghostwriter way longer. Mm -hmm. And then in, like, the 2000s, they they brought Johnny Blaze back. Like, he he returned to life, which I think is that story that I was talking about. I think that's how they brought Johnny Blaze back. And then, like, they had, they were both ghostwriters, but catch kind of became i think like a bad guy for a minute and then they did this weird thing where there was actually um like every culture had their own version of the ghost rider for like their religion because that's when they just determined that the ghost rider wasn't part like a demon he was actually like an angel <laughs> i do like what like the solicitation for avengers 14 oh he was the ghost rider in the night like he his first appearance was 1990 the War of the Vampires. Oh yeah, I saw that. Like they're doing stuff. So that's in, so they're doing like a big vampire book because I think that's what the he's involved in right now, right? Yeah, it says as vampire civil war throws a world into chaos, the mysterious Shadow Colonel and a squad of undead revolutionaries have one burning question on the on the murderous minds: Where is Dracula? And if the Avengers find him first, will the Lord be will the Lord of the Dam be friend or foe? Yeah, you know, this is all cool and all, but, like, unless the Avengers are fighting Dracula on the dark side of the moon, uh, I don't know if it's as cool as that. There's a couple of things they've done with the, um, with the vampire stuff. Um, I can't remember when it was. It was when Blade became, like, a member of the Exiles. Yeah. And that was, like, a really interesting, because it was Blade, Captain Britain, I think it was Psylocke, uh, Nightcrawler's daughter. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else. And then the guy who's basically Peter Pan, I can't remember his name. And it's like the British version of like Shield. And they basically, yeah. yeah. And that was like interesting because they're like, yeah, technically you were born in England. And since you've never given up citizenship, like you could be a member of the Exiles. And he was like, oh, but if you guys are going to help me take down Dracula, like, okay. oh, and I think Black Knight was a member of that team. The, um, the newer, the one with the leather jacket. Um. Is the Dracula that's in Avengers, is he, like, the dumb, buff Dracula that they've been kind of, like, that, that, like, showed up in X-Men a couple years ago? Um, that's a question for Alan. Do you know? Uh, <laughs> How would I know that? I, um, I don't know. I, I haven't read any Marvel in forever, so. Well, like, uh, Dracula, sh- so Dracula is, like, the big villain at the end of, like, Captain Britain and the MI-13, and I loved it. Because the design they use for Dracula and Cat in the MI-13 is, like, kind of a, like, it's classic like the, movie the old, version old movie. of Dracula. Yeah, the, um... And he looks rad. 
Um, and then, like, the next time he shows up in comics uh, was in the Victor Gleisher uh, X-Men oh, book. I noticed that he's kind of like... Um, and he's like a bitey... He's like a... He's like Conan the Barbarian-looking guy. Yeah, he's like a swall uh, Dracula. And I'm like, Ugh, I do not like this Yeah, at they're all. trying to do, like, a Vlad the Impaler type thing, but they made him too buff. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things that's, like... Like, the, the big two have, like, issues with whatever they do. Like, um, what do you call those kind of characters? Like, public domain characters? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of historical figure. Like, historical or fable. Because, like, anytime I see DC do, like, Hercules, I'm just like, ugh, I don't want this character. Like, anytime that I see the Greek gods, except for Ares or Zeus, I'm like, get these guys out of here. Like, I don't care. But, then when, the- you see, but then when you see Hercules in Marvel Comics, you're like, yes. Yeah, because yeah. he's hilarious. Every, every day, every way. Yeah. There's like, but there's some of the the Marvel versions of the Greek gods that I'm just like, uh, why are they around? Like, they don't, like, no one talks about them. But like, Hercules is specifically the only time where I really liked what they did was like the one Wonder Woman run that was like the start of, I think it was, I can't remember if it was the end of New 52 or the beginning of Rebirth. It was awesome though. When they, that's when they uh, first made her the daughter of Zeus. Mm-hmm. I think it was in New 52, and I was like, oh, that run was awesome. Because you got to see the entire... Do you remember the creative team? No, I do not. I'm really bad with that. I'm... Because I don't remember anybody. Cliff Chang and... Uh... Brian Azzarello. Brian that sounds right. And that's where they had the Firstborn, yes, I think was yes, like the storyline. Yeah, and that was like one of the best books in New 52, was like that Wonder Woman run. And that's where the whole where she, Zeus's daughter, came in. And I actually loved what they ended up doing was like Ares kind of let her kill him so she could become both like the daughter of Zeus and Amazonian, have all the weapons and become the god of war. Because if you kill a god, you take over their place, kind of like the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you like that, check out the Wonder Woman The Lies book that Greg Rucka and Liam Sharp did. It was the first, it was the first, or it was one of the two running stories one Roman stories running after or once rebirth started oh i've been continuing to read rebirth so i read it already then the only part of the rebirth line of wonder woman i did not like was when they introduced her twin brother yeah and i was like i don't need this guy get just get the fuck out of my face and then yeah, it james, also tied james in the- robinson that was written with james robinson and i don't know I don't know who was asking for James Robinson to write Wonder Woman. Cause yeah, because that was like when we, it was him, baby Darkseid, and then what's the girl's name? That's Darkseid's daughter. Grail. Grail, oh, yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about her. <laughs> they, she showed up like a couple months ago in Wonder Woman in like a prison beneath Demascaro with Ares, and she's just like, what, what have you been here? He's like, I don't know, I've been here for like a thousand years or some bullshit. <laughs> 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 and she's like, oh, oh, is it going to be that long? And he's like, I don't know. And it's, I kind of like the idea that they're doing with Ares, where Ares is trying to, like, not be a shithead. But, like, in his not shitheadedness, he's still a shithead. Because in the current Wonder Woman thing, like, the entire, because of Grail, like, a shit ton of the Pantheon are dead. So Zeus is dead. Like, the Zeus, Hades, and Poseidon are dead. And most of the other major gods and then the only gods that are alive that they've shown are Ares, and then they just showed Aphrodite. And Aphrodite has no memory of anybody, and neither does Ares. They have no idea what happened. But um, I don't even know how he got there. I'm trying to see, like, so... Oh, that Ghost uh, Rider thing. Yeah. Uh, man, do you want 
Uh, okay. Do you like? Do we want to talk about this like Mexican Spider Man thing? Uh yes. Because this is like goddamn amazing, and I'm like, I want these comics. Someone needs to go find them. I'm sure they're going to get released and translated at some point soon. Uh yeah. Uh how? How? Like okay. So like I I didn't know about these, but what I, I was like, no kind of, but what I was like super surprised about was that. There were like a bunch of comics pros I follow who were also just like, wait, uh, what? This well, was nah. a thing? Uh, so basically, um, in the seventies. Yeah. So Gwen Stacy dies in, in our, in our continuity of comics. And like, I guess, uh, the, what is it? Like the, the publisher of Spider-Man yeah, in Mexico? I can, I can read the whole little thing if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead and do that. So in the 1970s, publisher La Prensa did not believe Mexicans would read Spider-Man after Gwen Stacy died. They created 45 original issues after Spider-Man 119, where she lives, that have never been translated or reprinted. Uh, they did a marriage issue where Peter marries Gwen. Yeah. And- so um, they only did 44 because they lost the license and Marvel went with another publisher. Yeah. And, um, I've heard like some people like kind of like posting up some stuff and, you know, they're not like capital P problematic, but they, they're like a little questionable, which well, I, I, you know, I think seventies. So sure. <laughs> totally. Um, but I think it's like, it's like kind of like one of those things where it's like, I'd like to see this translated and released, you know, for science yeah just to like know what it is yeah because it's it's like the greatest it's a what if for 44 issues done by completely separate people completely different artists in a story that's only told for like one specific demographic in a specific country Mm -hmm. yeah it is uh, the weirdest thing ever like but it's kind of like an amazing time capsule as well yeah um and i mean like i haven't seen uh marvel say uh you know either or if they would ever re-release them uh but uh i i think it'd be like a cool thing to put up on like their digital app and i and i imagine uh uh to do something like that isn't like uh too too expensive oh my god some of these covers are like insane looking like he's setting a giant grasshopper and an ant or something and then there's like like a mars attacks aliens yeah. Uh. No. Yeah. Some of them are like really crazy looking, and I they're like super seventies, like trippy. But this is it's like a cre- like it's an insane story because like I don't even know how else to explain. Like, there's no other. It's just like I guess it got discovered be- or like it kind of blew up because um somebody found them like at a con in Mexico. Um. I think like the original. Them. Uh, yeah. And found like yeah, he was at a one an artist was at a con in Mexico and found like the original artist like in Artist Alley and was like saw the books and was like what the hell are these? Well, like yeah, and well, like how I found about it was like someone like basically started a Twitter thing and they were like you know what never before collected comic series do you want to see collected? And someone was like oh yeah, like these Spider Man comics from the seventies that were only released in Mexico. And then everyone was like wait what? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> And then, like, through that, like, they were like, oh, yeah, like, I have a bunch of these comics. Like, and people were, like, talking about me and the artists and stuff. Yeah, see, and, like, yeah, it started on Reddit. So you're saying that this is the Mexican version of Marvel Men? Um, a little bit. 
It's so basically the guy who was writing the book or who was drawing the book in Mexico. Um, there's his name. I think it's like Jose Luis Duran. Yeah, basically Gwen was his favorite character, and then when she died, he was like, "Can I he just, just snapped?" No, he asked if he could just like, "Can I just like not do that?" <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, whatever." It's just from Mexico, so whatever. It's oh like, my god, I need to read these. That's exactly what it's like. It's it's a what if story, but for like like forty four issues of like a what if and like this weird alternate. That is the that is a fucking great what if. Yeah, because like, have you? I don't know if you clicked on some of these. There's like four covers that like got pictures got put out, or four or five. Yeah, but one of them is like a wedding, which is interesting. Because I was, I remember watching uh, an episode of Comic Book Men back before it got canceled, and it was an episode Stan Lee was on before he passed away, and he was talking about that was a death. The Gwen Stacy death is one that even he didn't like. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, he like wasn't even there for it. Like, yeah, he. It was Jerry Ordway, Conway. Yeah, one of the one of the two. Yeah, he was very against. Like, he didn't even know that they were going to kill her off until he like he until he got issue. back from out of the country. Yeah. Because he said that people were, he probably assumed that people were, thought that they hated the characters because first they kill off uh, Gwen's father, then they kill Gwen. It doesn't make sense. Um, I, I mean, you know, but like that's that's Peter Parker though, and yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's unfortunate that it's like you know because like Gwen Stacy is like like the classic example of bridging. Um, yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. But, you know, and it took, like, you know, how many years uh, before we got, uh, um, you know, Spider-Gwen? Well, and, they, and, she and, was and around. Finally that character, and finally that character got, like, rehabilitated. They, uh, she was, I like, the the ultimate version of her was good for a while until they killed her off, too. And then uh, she was Carnage for yeah. a little bit, which was dumb. But I actually really dug her, like, the ultimate version of Gwen. Which the Spider-Man no, book is one of the only. Her as Carnage wasn't bad. Like no, all, no, all... the concept of it was fine. Mm-hmm. But like, I, don't know, I, I, Spider-Man is one of the like very few like high points of the Ultimate Universe. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. All right, I'm trying to. Um, was there any of these other stories that you want anybody want to specifically talk about? Uh, I found a story that. It's just mainly just a statement, but it just, I really just wish it, I really would want to see it actually happen. It's something I found on Bleeding Cool. Uh, Brian Bendis says Alan Moore would win a, would win a wizard battle with Graham Morrison. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's Graham like, because Alan Moore has been alive longer. So it's like he studied more magic. No, I think he said that Graham Morrison would win. No, no. Alan, Alan Moore, Moore would, win. would win. Yeah. I don't know. Graham Morrison's done way more drugs. So, like, he's been to other universes and realities. I feel like that would be his ultimate move is to do, like, the Doctor Strange in the movie and bring Alan Moore into some sort of time loop that he can't handle. And he's like, you've never done, like, eight pounds of peyote. So just making Alan Moore Dormammu? Yes. That is kind of funny. Um, Actually, uh, there is something that... uh, There is a new story that I literally just found. Uh, about Bendis teasing a bigger roster for for Young Justice. Uh, yeah, that was part of his M- uh, AMA today. Yeah, and I just I finally started finally read the both the two issues that have come out, and man, is that just great? Um. Well, first 
first let's um because like I just want to talk about like a couple more stories and then sure. uh, we can talk sure. about like comics that we read for the week. Uh, but yeah, like a bunch of like tie-in books are starting to get announced for um the uh, War of Realms. Uh, oh yes, there was some of the stuff that one that you posted looks yes. awesome. Uh, so like one of them is going to be like a new Agents of Atlas miniseries that's spanning out of this. Uh, with like Jimmy Woo and Shang Chi and Silk and uh, Amadeus Cho Hulk. Uh, and I really like Agents of Atlas as a concept, um, and I think Agents of Atlas are always, like, a really kind of, like, fun theme, um, so, uh, and that's gonna be written by Greg Pak, uh, and Gang Hook Lim with Billy Tan doing art, uh, that looks pretty cool, uh, and then, uh, there's a Giant Man miniseries that's gonna be written by, uh, Leah Williams, and yeah, this is the thing I saw that I was like, the car I was like, ooh, this looks yeah, interesting. And it's like all the characters who have been Giant Man. So like uh, Ant-Man, Atlas, Goliath, uh, the Giant Man from Nick Spencer's Ant-Man run. So it's, is it Hank Pym? Uh, is it Lang? Is Scott Lang one of them? Uh, I, I think it would have to be Scott Lang. And then it's the second Goliath. Is it his nephew or something? Um... I, I can't remember. I guess this Atlas is from. He's like a uh, new character. No, Atlas is from Thunderbolt. Like he's an OG Thunderbolt. Okay, I wasn't sure if they redid him because the only other characters I knew that were big is they didn't. Um, Hawkeye was Goliath at one point. Was he? Uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye. No, Hawkeye was Atlas at one point. Okay, that's where I was thinking. I was like, oh, I didn't know who was going to be Atlas because I knew uh, Hawkeye he- was at some point. But the Atlas that's in this book is, like, original Thunderbolts okay. uh, uh, Atlas. So it started off as, like, a bad guy, kind of like Lang. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, like, Leah Williams, I think, is, like, a really kind of cool up-and-coming uh, artist at, uh, or not artist, a uh, writer at Marvel. Like, she's she did, like, a, a, a couple different one-shots for X-Men that I thought were, like, really fun. Um, and so, like, I think this book's gonna be, like, a lot of fun, and basically, like, her concept is, is basically, like, uh, a bunch of, like, the big, like, this is what she wrote on Twitter, like, are you ready for Mar- Marvel's biggest lads, the most absolute of units, all going undercover as motherfucking cross giants? <laughs> and it's like, great, I'm on board. Like, yeah, it's perfect. Um, one of the other tie-in books, uh, I shared it, is, like, that's interesting, and it's, like, apparently they're teasing that, like, um, Luke Cage is going to pick up one of the hammers. Yeah. And which is going to like that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm like, you know, and and I think like, you know, Marvel events since Secret Wars have not been great. Like Secret Wars was great, but I think like, you know, Civil War 2 um and Secret Invasion were not great. Um I don't think it had like a lot of fanfare and like people weren't like super on. And, and like and I've defended the tie-ins for Civil War 2 for being, I thought, were pretty good, despite the main event being very bad. Um, but uh, everything like I read about the tie-ins for War Realms and the main event of War Realms sounds very, very rad. Yeah, I'm just like, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I like need to know like some of the backstory before jumping into this, because this oh, sounds like sure. super rad. Because like, I'm like, I know at some point Thor lost his hammer, but now apparently he has like a arm with, like, a hammer in it, and then he has a different hammer. And then I know uh, that, like, what's-his-name yeah. picked up a hammer at one point because Ultimate Thor's hammer's in this world. Yeah, so basically, like, all the back back matter of, like, this event is 
Jason Aaron Thor. Like, if you read Jason Aaron Thor, like, you're caught up. All right. Um, uh, uh, is that... Which Wolverine is this? In, in what? The, uh, Strike Force Land Giants? Uh, let me... Oh, my God. How many Wolverines are there now? No, because I, I know they're doing the death. Um, this is this is this is this is uh, like Logan. Okay, I, I was scared for a minute because I don't know if they finished killing off the old man Logan. Uh, I I don't know, man. Like Return of Wolverine, I guess number five comes out this week, but I don't I don't care, man. Like I got I got one Wolverine in my life. Her name <laughs> her name's Laura Kenny. She's great. I don't know why we need Logan back. Well, it's because they can't ever let anything change in comics. Yeah. Ain't, ain't that right? Uh, uh, but uh, another story is evidently Young Avengers will return in 2019. Yeah, I saw, when you, I saw you post that. Like, I really dug the original run that kind of ran oh shit, um, simultaneously with Runaways, mm-hmm. and I, I liked I liked how they did that originally. This team looks so. I'm looking at it, it's Hulkling. Is that Wiccan? Uh, so this is. This was the team that like relaunched in 2013 with Kieran Gillen. James okay, so, and this okay. book is rad. This book okay, because I have not read that book. I read the original, I guess, Young Avengers. Yeah, uh, this is the book that made me like kind of fall in love with Kate Bishop. Uh, like Loki's great in this book. Uh, America Chavez is great. Like Novar is great. Like this book is just. 100% greatness. It's so good. So, like, you know, it's like, I feel like, you know, you have, like, the Alan Hinberg, um, Jim Chung, uh, Jim Chung of Young Avengers. That was great. You know, the Kieran Gillen, Jamie McHeavy, Young Avengers. That's great. Like, I feel like there's, like, a real prestigeness to Young Avengers, like, that, like, I hope whoever gets, like, put onto that book is just, like, um, a great talent, like, someone who, like, you know, like, don't put any, like, random dopes on that book, you know? Like, one of the other, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like, rumors I've heard is that after this giant big relaunch of X-Men, um, Greg Pak is going to be the next artist on Uncanny X-Men. And I'm just like, why? Or not Greg, Greg Pak, uh, Greg Land. Uh, yeah, he's not, like, he's, he's not that good. And it's like, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, to me, like, if you're going to put an artist, if you're going to, like, relaunch X-Men, and you're going to put an artist on X-Men, like, I don't know why you put Greg Land on him. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I just, I just don't get it. Like, I don't buy books for Greg Land. Uh, I don't know who buys books for Greg Land. He must have an audience because he keeps on being put onto books. Or maybe he's just reliable. But I just don't get it. Well, reliability is, like, something that a lot of people in the comic book industry aren't. Yeah, well, <laughs> doomsday clock. See, yeah, I was going to say, see people that DC gives books to. Because I believe it got pushed uh, back again. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing that got announced this week that I'm super excited for is that uh, DC announced a Lois Lane ongoing series that's going to be written by um, Greg, Greg Rucka, art by Mike Perkins. Uh, and a Jimmy Olsen ongoing that's going to be written by uh, Matt Fraction with art by oh, God. These oh, I'm looking at uh, Steve, Steve Lieber. Lieber, who's fucking great. Like Steve Lieber and Fraction doing Jimmy Olsen. That book's going to be a plus. Uh, Steve Lieber was is the artist for books like uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, uh, and he's currently also doing The Fix for Image with Nick Spencer. Like, Steve Lieber is so good, and that Jimmy Olsen book is going to be, like, 
like an A plus book. Like I think like Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane are going to be like two really great books that I hope like get an audience. Yeah. Did you see how, so I'm reading like the article. So this is going to, they're going to spin out of a Superman special. That's going to be 80 pages. Yeah, Leviathan. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's ten dollars, which I'm like, I'm pretty sure Ooh, that's, actually, like, that's not bad for eighty pages. Yeah, but I'm just like, it's annoying. I, like I, you know, you know, it's like a couple weeks ago I was talking about how I I spent you know eight dollars on number one of Uncanny X Men, and then issue eleven was also eight dollars, and I'm just like, I'm tired of spending eight dollars or ten dollars for books. Can't books just be you know? Remember when? D- remember when DC for only like a year? Oh, did the super when, cheap books? No, when uh, they first announced Rebirth, like, and we're going back. Dan Didio said this, and we're going back. We're we're drawn, drawn, we're or something about holding the line at two ninety nine. That Man, year, hold, let your year goes yeah, by. But, yeah, but it, here's the thing: like, hold the hold the line at two ninety nine. Like that, like that was they did that for like a really long time. Like yeah, that was it, that was a new fifty two thing. Well, it was also a pre new fifty two thing as they were doing that yeah. in at the in the finale of Smallville. Yeah, yeah. So, like I I know my like four ninety nine for an issue is kind of like my max, unless it's something like crazy special, like some weird. Yeah, like next week is Detective Comics one thousand, and that's a ten dollar book. I uh, know because I pre ordered like four four different covers. Oh my god, you mad man! Yeah, I know. <sighs> Like, I'd save some birthday money up so that I could pick them up. But, but uh, uh, like, I, I, I think I think those two books would be really cool. And I, I don't know why it's in a special number one Leviathan. I don't even know what Leviathan is. But uh, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Leviathan yeah, actually was like a, a Batman thing that Talia was running for a while. Well, yeah. It was uh, a crime and- thing. Like, it was a criminal organization. Yeah, and then didn't they tie it up? Tie it up with the original Batgirl showed up at the end, so it was the other Kane because Kate Kane is Batwoman, but the original, like the original original like nineteen sixties Batgirl, yeah, popped in at the end. I can't remember her name. It was also Kane, but it was spelled different, I believe. It was like okay, and they had like skull masks and shit. And I yeah. think it tied into that whole uh, Agent Dick Grayson thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like the last thing is, uh, there was like hints of like that Tom Taylor book last week about like what it was, and he was like pushing around this thing called uh, Deceased. And oh, yeah, 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 I saw it. Yeah, it's it's Marvel Zombies, but with but with DC. No, actually, this isn't Marvel Zombies. It's Future's End because it's like the idea of a a mysterious techno virus that gets yeah. released and infects a bunch of people and turn them into mon like monstrous engines of destruction i'm like dude i read futures i, I read part of futures end oh that i read all sucked. of it it was so bad i hated that it bo- that book sucks tom taylor is a very good writer um it's the I, only part of batman beyond where i'm like skip that just skip it because like the parts before futures end and the parts after futures end are so awesome but like yeah like this uh this book is just i like i like I love Tom Taylor on All New Wolverine. Like, that book is just an A+. Plus. Like, his, um, you know, like, I've read some other stuff from him for, at, at Marvel that I think is very good. Like, I still didn't touch Injustice with a 10-foot pole. Uh, and this is, like, another book I'm just like, you know what? I imagine it's good. Ain't for me, dog. Honestly, the only good Injustice story 
was the annual they did for Injustice 2. Oh, I never read. I dropped Injustice after I think the first season or first year because it was just so edgelordy. But what was the story in that? Like, or what was the main? Uh, it's Superman's birthday, and his parent and Jonathan and Martha want to visit him. So, John and Bruce go out for a drink, or go out to a bar for for a drink, and. He there's flashbacks to, and stuff. Honestly, it it ha, there was I don't think there was any death in there's no I don't think there was a single death in the issue. Oh wow, is, that's like a big deal for injustice. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, that's all all the dudes I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I just want to quickly talk about like that Power Rangers thing. Because I loved the Shattered Grid and, like, that whole story. And so they're basically bringing the artists from Shattered Grid along with a a new writer. And they're bringing in the White Ranger. And apparently they're going to be... So, like, Shattered Grid was a huge story. And now they're going to, like, dive deeper. And I I know it's Power Rangers, but Shattered Grid is something that I would suggest for anyone to read. And they did, like, a great job of bringing in all of the lore. That was the story where, like, Tommy in the future became, like, a badass, evil, like, king ranger. And wanted to basically destroy the... And basically wanted to destroy the grid. Um, you know, oversimplified, yes. He basically, he took the green ranger power, and then... It basically is a... There are two timelines. So there's the TV show timeline... And in this alternate timeline, in the episode when Tommy has to choose between coming good and evil, he instead of choosing good, like in the show, he chooses evil. Okay. And he ends up taking out Rita. He, like, takes out everybody. And then Zordon goes to give the White Ranger powers to Jason, who's the Red Ranger. And Tommy takes him out and absorbs that. So he has both the Green and White Ranger, like, powers and takes over that entire planet. And then as it goes on, he's like, oh, that's not enough. And he starts going, he like finds a way to like travel to other dimensions. And he starts taking out all of the ranger teams for every show that's ever existed and absorbing their ranger powers. And then he basically creates like an army. And like, so like the army will like, his elite guard are all the red, are like red rangers. They're like the jobber characters are all the blue rangers. Like, so he has like all of the, everybody in his army has like different rangers. It's and it was like really dark and interesting, and they actually tied it into the show at the at the end, and like everything kind of worked really well. And there was like a whole part where they can't use their powers, and they end up all becoming green. Right, like they tap into like the green energy. It was interesting. Like, and I'm not. I wasn't like I grew up with the original show. I didn't really watch any of the other stuff past the f- first movie, but uh, it tied everything in really, really well. Yeah, I. Uh... I I I watched Power Rangers up until like the end of Lost Lost Galaxy, um, and uh, there, there's a guy I follow I follow online, uh, Lin Cara, who does like com- bad comic book reviews. Uh, but he has like a series he does called the uh, History of Power Rangers. That I think is like really fun because uh, it's basically like a really good like um, like Cliff Notes version for like each show and like you know. I, I think, like, some of the series, like, you know, once they went to Disney and then went back and then went to Nickelodeon, some of them sound, like, pretty cool. Some of them sound pretty bad. Uh, but 
you know, like the kind of the cool thing about the Power Rangers Shattered Grid, or not not even just Shattered Grid, but the Power Rangers, um, like Boom Studios comics, is that like they they kind of like borrow all the really cool stuff from all the different Power Rangers and and aren't just yes. like wanting no, no, to they, do it, it's like total, the OG it's not, Power Ranger stuff. They lean into the nostalgia and like everything. Like they're not trying to. They're changing stuff, but they're not changing like the core part of it. So they're still goofy teenagers, and they still act like kids, and they still follow like the like how the characters should be acting at the time period of the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it just I, I really liked it, and um, I cannot wait for this new thing. And I would say anybody who at all has any nostalgia for Power Rangers should pick up at least that story. Yeah, and I have I still have volume one of Power Rangers that was gifted gifted to me um but i need to like sit there and read uh but i did read the uh the kelly thompson uh power ranger pink oh i like that book too i like that too that was like a kind of kimberly it was like an interlude to like shattered grid i believe it like came up in the middle of it but yeah that was i really like that too um i think that covers all of the news and i think we can take a quick dive into what we have read and what we will be reading there's like a ton of crossover. Alan, you went super deep into reading stuff. So do you want to do like a quick overview of some of the stuff? Because we have talked about some of these books before. So do you want to just give like your quick like reaction to some of the ones we've talked about already? Yeah. So uh, Young Justice issues one and two. Really good. I like that. I got a. Uh, it could be just because of Into the Spider-Verse, but te- the Teen Lantern character. Reminded me of uh, Penny Parker. Yeah. Um, I I'm really lo- I love I love I lost it when Bart showed up. Lost it again when Connor showed up, because that was a character that I've been missing for quite a while. Felt a little cheated with Amethyst, because the closest I got to read with that character was Future's End. Uh, I think she's way better in Young Justice than she was in Future's End. That's why I said I felt I felt cheated. Oh yeah, I'm excited to I'm excited for what for what comes next. Uh, Naomi was much better than I thought it was going to be, even though I heard every, you and everyone ever heard you you guys talking about how great it was, and I like how. How Superman seems to be tied into the be the main or the anchor, the main anchor of the Wonder Comics. Yeah, uh, that was like one thing I was going to go and check and skim through uh, the Brian Michael Bendis AMA uh, and see what the continuity was with Wonder Comics and if uh, the, if the comics are interacting with one another, are they in continuity? Well, that's with- the thing in Young Justice issue two. They mentioned there was there was something there was an asterisk and it said I think that regarding Zeus and Cassie Sandsmark. Yeah, that it took place before Wonder Woman forty five. Yeah, which is when, like what we were talking about earlier, when uh, what's her name was killing all the Greek gods. Uh, okay. Darkseid's daughter. Grail. Yeah. Grail. Yeah. So that means this take that part at least took place a long like a that's almost like a year ago. Which is why, like, so that book, they're, like, in another dimension. So they can kind of, like, once they have those characters there, they can kind of dick around however they want. I feel like Naomi and Wonder Twins are kind of more continuity-wise, like, interesting of where they are. God, I love Wonder Twins so much. 
I have not read it yet. I will probably read it today uh, or tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Wonder Woman's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know if it's, like, my favorite of the Wonder Comics they've used so far. Um, but, I mean, it's just, like, by the books, like, pretty good Mark Russell dialogue. Um, you know, it's like if you read, uh, Prez or Flintstones, uh, or, uh, Snagglepuss, like, I, you already know what you're going to get with, like, you know, the kind of stuff that he writes. Um, I was not expecting the stuff with, with, with Bruce and Clark. Yeah. Um, uh, there's like this really cool, okay. So like, because you haven't read, we'll not get into it. Uh, but there's like a really cool, like little bit with like, seeing Bruce Wayne talk about his time in high school is really fun. Yeah. Um, like, uh, like, like kind of just like the really kind of fun nature of dealing with the Wonder Twins is great. Them being, uh, interns at the Hall of Justice is really fun. Um, and considering like the last time we saw these characters within mainstream DC, uh, continuity was in that like really dumb, stupid, despicable, awful Teen Titans run where, like, the dog, like, mauls them to death because we can't have fun in the DC comics. Oh, God. Uh, uh, this was, like, a very nice, like, change of pace. Yeah, because I'm trying to think the last time I saw a Wonder Twins was not these Wonder Twins. It was that weird Justice League 3000. They had, like, a pair of twins that they, like, called the Wonder Twins. That were like the antagonists. And then one oh, okay. ended up coming back to the timeline. It was in the Blue Beetle book in Rebirth for a little bit. Okay. Because the last time I saw them. But it wasn't was... these Wonder Twins. It was like the blonde ones. They weren't the Terror Twins, but they were like. They were kind of like the. Uh, they were. It was really bad. It was part of that Justice League 3000 like future book. So. Okay. Because the last yeah. time I saw. Yeah, the last time I saw them was in. Uh, pre-52 Teen Titans. I'm trying to figure out who wrote this book because I want to say it was like uh, uh, Sean McKeever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like the, the Zan and Jan are basically just like hanging out at the like Titans Tower and they like adopt a dog and then the dog ends up being like possessed by something and then like falls like to death and just and it was just so dumb it was just like like it was like really peak bad dc comics where it was like so many of the dc book like besides like power girl or like do or secret six like almost the entire line of dc comics was just awful the worst. And it was like, and at the time, like, when they announced, like, the New 52, and like, we're gonna reboot everything, I'm like, and you looked at, like, you know, long-haired, trench coat, like, Riddler, like, hopping around the main Batman book, I'm like, you know what? You're probably good with restarting all of this, because this, this last two years has been a mistake. And the only thing that they had done interesting at that point, which people talk about at all in any sort of reference, is, like, the Blackest Night, Brightest Day stuff. Which basically, like, and then Flashpoint, which all kind of set up what became New 52. Yeah, I mean, that, that's I know people a, have their issues with Blackest Night, but, like, at least those are, like, stories that, like, you can kind of go back. But most of those other side books, like you're saying, were really not good. I mean, to me, it was, like, it was Secret Six. It was it was uh, Scott Snyder on Detective. 
uh, and Greg Ruckon Detective and uh, and Power Girl. And those were like the three books I was like, you know what? These books are great. The rest of DC, just like, what a tire fight. Yeah, I, I, try, I can't even remember what books I was reading pre-New 52. Besides, oh, it's Paul, like Batman and Detective. And Paul Cornell Action Comics, where like uh, Lex Luthor is traveling the world, trying to find the secrets of the Black Lantern rings. And he has a robot, Lois Lane, as a companion. Oh, that okay. Book, that book was capital R rad. Honestly, the <laughs> New 52 was pretty much me, like, sort of, like, really getting back or getting into comics. Like, that was the first thing that I, or technically Flashpoint was my first way of getting into comics, like, single issue, monthly stuff. Yeah, I jumped in. I switched companies, like, hardcore, because I was reading almost exclusively Marvel, and then I started picking up DC books right around Green Lantern Rebirth, and then right around... Blackest Night, I like dropped all like pretty much every Marvel book I was reading because they were just pissing me off so much. Yeah, the two. Yeah, I'm like a I'm a like a writer artist guy, so uh, I mean, there's a few characters I'll always follow, but like uh, if 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 there's like a team on a book I really like, I I'll more likely check them out, even if I have like no uh, like prior like experience with a character. Yeah, I follow more writers than artists, like. Because I, I, I'm not good with spot. Like I can spot. I know good art and I know really bad art. But like in between, like it doesn't. But like the right, like bad writing, like kills me. Which is why I hate those. Like the two Titans books, the Red Hood, like all of those things. Like it's why. Like I get why people like Batgirl and Burnside. We've talked about it. Like it's just not for me. Like I'm not saying it's bad writing, but like it was just not for me. And that same thing happened with like a bunch of the Marvel books. And to me, Marvel's always like an art forward book or company as opposed to the writing forward. Uh, so like, yeah. There I, was would, a, I would say that, yeah. There was a series, there was a Superboy series that was happening pre New 52 that only ran 11 issues. Oh, man. And the New 52 oh, one yeah. was even worse. Oh, yeah. It was Francis Manipal. No, he did the covers. Uh, it was Jeff Lemire doing, was Jeff Lemire, Lemire was writing. Pierre Gallo was. Yeah, was doing oh the art, and it was fantastic. Yeah, which, that book was cool. Like, which totally Superboy was that? that I'm trying to remember which Superboy was that. Uh, it was, yeah, it was him going back to Smallville, or him going to it's Smallville. Connor? Yeah, Connor Kent. Okay, I, it's really annoying that there's like there's seven goddamn Superboys at this point. And thing is, it I'm pretty sure it ended. It didn't end like it didn't have a good like a complete ending. Yeah, because they probably were just like, oh, we're rebooting everything, and we have a new shitty Superboy to introduce. No, it was still Connor Kent at the, at the time. No, the new 52 Superboy is Con L. Yeah. The one with the black suit with, like, the red on it. It's where he has basically the same origin as the Young Justice Superboy, but he's really shitty, and he's kind of a villain for a good chunk of Teen Titans. I wasn't reading the Teen Titans book. I was actually reading the Superboy book. Okay, they they must have had two different Superboys running at the same time. No, must... it, it was actually the you think it'd be you think or it was Scott Dell writing both books. They just wrote them completely different. Yeah, yeah, because the one that was in Teen Titans, that's where we talked about a couple weeks ago. Where it was like because that was the last time we saw Casey Sandsmark was in that team where she has the, the all red costume with like all the spikes, and that had like red Beast Boy and. Like the crazy raven with like the crazy mask thing, and was it Skitter was like the bug girl, and there was like the shadow girl, and there was Bunker. 
Yes, Bunker. Yeah, it was like that wonky ass team. It was like super edgy and like shiny. The only thing that was cool about that entire thing was I do like Bunker as a character, and I think that Red Robin suit is rad. The rest of it can go fuck itself. Yeah, and I I really I didn't really like how they had two Teen Titans teams fighting each other. Oh god, yes. Which they still do. Because it's stupid. Except they're canceling one. They canceled one of them. Which is the one I like more. Yeah, how they had Manchester Black uh, operating or Oh god, yeah. I hated that version. Of just, yeah, he was the one that was screwing with the Red Robin team. Yeah. Um, hey. Okay. Uh, I read Alien 3 issues 3 and 4. I have read those. Those were fantastic. I think I we was, talked about it like a week or two ago. And I, 4 is basic. 3 is like, oh, we're setting all the pieces, the dominoes up to when they fall. And 4 is basically, dominoes fall. the dominoes are starting to fall. Hey, look, there's fucking dead bodies everywhere. It's like the end of four. The, the thing that actually, like when I was reading, when I first read or looked or was first reading the William Gibson script, the the woman that her body just, or her and Tully, the, that version of the, of the xenomorph change, that was actually in before, like that was actually the way it, like all the xenomorphs were like, that's the way they were. Is that the Xenomorphs are coming out with the communist side, or are they on the um, the other side? I can't remember what they're called. The company, because um, I think and Ripley just woke up in like issue four, right? No, no, in issue four, uh, Ripley gets our uh, Hicks puts Ripley in the escape pod, shoots her up. Well, I, I know they they sent away Newt. I think that was issue four as well. Yeah, they sent her to Oregon to live with her grandparents. And the issue ends with the showers, right? I think they're in. The, so someone is in the shower is in the showers. Yeah, because it's the one. It's the one woman who's like the agent and the. I, I don't remember the names because it's so early in the book, and so many people have already died off. Like the black scientist, and then the thing. One of the face huggers breaks out, and it's obvious that it jumped on her. And then they're like cleared; they get scanned, and they're they're like they they don't get scanned because she doesn't have the tag on her. And then she's in the shower, and like all the steam builds up, which is obviously implying it's going to rip out of her chest. And then I think they cut to whatever the communist ship, and like everybody's dead already because they were cloning. They had already had like a clone of the xenomorph in a jar, I believe. Yeah, they and it. The end game seems to be them blowing up the the uh, the station that they're on. Yeah, because basically both sides want to use the, wanted to use the the xenomorphs as a uh, a weapon, a biological yeah. weapon against the other side. And there's a ship with a bunch of cryo people in cryo sleep pass that set that set to anchor at one of the at like not the com- the communist side, the other side, the. Was it something or Tommy? It's the name of the two companies. I can't remember. It's the Wait, one from yeah, uh, Whalen. Whalen Utani. Utani, because Utani's the Blade Runner company, isn't it? Uh, because they're basically in the same universe, I believe. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I feel like that's like the whole joke. Because like in the newest Blade Runner, they mention Whalen. And then in one of the last alien movies, they mention. Um, Are you thinking about AVP? 
I don't remember one of the one of the movies they mentioned the company from Blade Runner, and they basically have tied it together where like the con like continuity wise they're kind of in the same like replicants are the androids, but like the alien stuff takes place even further in the future. I have honestly I have no idea what you're talking about because they're the same. What's his name wrote like both of them, didn't he? Well, it depends where, where uh, like because there's like Peter Wayland, then there's. Right. I like Googled some stuff, so let me see. Uh... Uh, quickly, I'll go over some of the other stuff I read. Uh, I read the Fallout New Vegas prequel, uh, All Roads, which is it, it was it was written by Chris Avalon, and there's some pretty metal stuff that happens. <laughs> uh, Martian Manhunter one, I didn't re- I didn't read issue two yet, but. It's it's I actually made it through despite me not liking Riley Rossmo's art style. I uh, man, I really like Riley Rossmo's art a lot, oh. but I could tell like if it's I I I can tell like why he he's. I kind of got I only I nearly vomited when the when they uh when John John Jones and his wife did stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh no, yeah, man. no! I thought that I thought that splash page was amazing. I, I loved it. I get like how it's like very visceral. Um, yeah. So I did find the connections that I was thinking of. So in the 20th anniversary of Alien, it's revealed that Dallas worked for the Tyrell Corporation before signing to Whalen Yutani, which the Tyrell Corporation is from Blade Runner, and then in Prometheus, the intro, the thing that they released, where um, Peter Wyland. Yeah, he talks about his uh, mentor as, uh, and ref- I believe, and it, like during the whole thing, and everything he's basically saying is referring to Tyre- the Dr. Eldon Tyrell, who's the guy who created replicants in Blade Runner. And Which, I believe it's like a kind of in thing with the two. Because didn't, what's his name, wrote, didn't one of the, one, somebody that's in both is like wrote for both of them, didn't they? Ridley Scott? Yeah, so I think like it's like an in thing that like it's kind of Ridley Scott's like own kind of mini verse, but like alien stuff takes place farther in the future than like way farther in the future than um, than uh, Blade Runner. What's are you? So you did like Martian Manhunter because I think the first two issues are out, so you only read issue one. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but like I said, that that splash page and it was I think it was a little too much for me. I can get that. I did one of the books that you shared with us that you had read. You haven't said it yet, but so the Knights of the Old Republic book, is that the new book or is this like the old book? Oh, this is the old book from Dark like, Horse. Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed those books and they, they did an interesting tie in because one of the characters that shows up in Knights of the Old Republic ends up popping into Legacy, which is my favorite Star Wars book of all time. Which character? Uh, I do haven't met her yet. She's in like a, a, a very... She has to do whenever you get to where they're dealing with rancors, it's one of those characters. Okay, because And it deals with like the Rancors and Xar Kun. I think that's his name. It's like an old like Sith Lord. Yeah, he gets throughout the issue or the three issues, four, five, and six, the Jedi counselors who or just to dumb it down as it as the book dumbed it down for everyone, are the seers of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I could spend. Maybe we should set up like an entire thing of talking about. I don't know, John. Did you have you ever read any Star Wars comics? 
I think John's been, I think he died in a coughing fit. Um, but maybe we should set up a point. I would love to get like a, have a bunch of us talk about like our favorite kind of Star Wars books. Cause they, there is a wide range. I know so I've only read a little bit of the Marvel stuff. Like I read the Vader book, uh, when which, it first which came one? out. The first one when they initially launched the Marvel one. Oh, uh, back so, in 2014? Yeah. So the last issue I oh, read. No, no, 2015. The last issue I read is the, like, the first, like, the ending of Dr. Aphra before, like, they were like, oh, people love this character. We can't let her go out like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the last one I read. Because Dark Horse really was, like, their run on Star Wars was amazing. Like, Knights of the Old Republic was, I loved all of the characters. Because I'm trying to remember what the girl that's on the ship. Because it's the pig guy, the... Uh, Griff. Griff. Zane. Zane's the Jedi. Or the Padawan or whatever he is. Jarrell? Yeah, I really dug her character. And what was the old man's name? Uh, Camper. And there was, like, the giant, like... Lord droid? Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, uh, LB. LB, yeah, he was cool. Like, I love the relationship they had with each other. And I like how that book closed itself. Because they basically closed it out right when they were close to the Disney buyout, I believe. Because, like, right after the Disney buyout, they're like, yeah, all your books are basically canceled in, like, a month or two. No, but that the Knights of the Republic ran for a while. Yeah, I noticed when I was, like, I was reading them through Marvel Unlimited. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they have the entire, they have every Star Wars book, or, yeah, every Star Wars, Star Wars book that Dark Horse did on there. Do they have Tag and Bink? <laughs> that's, like, that's, like, the one Star Wars comic from Dark Horse I did read that I, like, absolutely loved. Also, I was saying uh, when you were dead before was that uh, I would love to do a show where everyone brings like a Star Wars comic because there's been so many different eras of Star Wars comics. Yeah. And because I love Legacy. That's my one by one of my favorite comics of all time and probably my favorite Star Wars comic. And it was what made me really mad, like upset about the Dark Uh, Horse losing. Depends. Uh, Which Tag and Bink? Tag and Bink are dead or Tag and Bink 2? Uh, I didn't know they did a sequel. Um, like, do you yeah. guys know what Tag and Bink is? No idea. So yeah. Tag and Bink, okay, so Tag and Bink is basically a story about, uh, these two, um, people, like, working for Leia, who, like, go deep undercover at, like, the, like, as, like, these two, uh, stormtroopers. Uh, so, like, anytime, like, in the movies, you see two stormtroopers, like, hanging out, like that's actually tag and bait. So like, oh, okay, that's like so, the retcon of it. So like the two guys talking on the Death Star. That's like there's like a very famous like shot of like two guys talking on the Death Star. I think in the first one, possibly they're just, they're just like shooting the shit. Yeah, and so it's like the idea that's like they're present for all these like really famous like events that happened within the original trilogy, but they're just oh, like so they're like the the Forrest Gump of Star Wars. Kind of, yeah. That's kind of a great idea. Yeah, like uh, the there were only four issues done, like in total of the two series. Kevin Rubio wrote both all four, all four stories. And Tag and Bank are dead. The cover is the first cover is them get like taking off or like knocking out two stormtroopers and taking their clothes or their their armor and stuff. But like they're thinking that no one's watching and everything. And right behind them is Darth Vader. And the second one is in te- the second tag of Bank are dead. It's just them and te- Chewbacca standing behind them. And, and tag of Bank two, it's the cover is 
Tagabink as em- the, the, the Emperor's guards, and he says, guards, prepare my bath. And they're having a, like a real, like, uh, like a very disgusted moment. And and in Tagabink 2, issue 2, it's just a... It's, like, it, it, it's all just like a big comedy book. It's, it's yeah. pretty good. Like, Tiger episode 2 is Revenge of the Clone Menace. And it's them as youngling, younglings. And with Yoda in the foreground looking very disappointed. They have so much on this on this app. But I've also been reading... I also read The Age of the Republic Anakin Skywalker one-shot. Which is set during the Clone Wars TV show, or at least that's what, at least that's what canon, the new canon is. Okay, cool. And it is actually, even though like he's drawn on the cover, the cover is him looking like Hayden Christensen. It hit the art looked, has him, has him looking like the Clone Wars show version of him. And it just felt like a really upbeat, like, it felt like a, it felt like a good old episode of the of Clone Wars, where everything, well, despite the darkness, there was a lot of light. I read Star Wars also, and to wrap up the Star Wars stuff, I read issues fifty nine, sixty, and sixty one of the main Star Wars book that's going on right now, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I bought, I like, I bought all the all the volumes that are out right now. And I still have no idea what's going on. Oh, well, comics will do that to you. Yeah. So, um, John, what have you been reading, or what are you going to be reading? Uh, Maybe. well, um, already talked about the twins. Uh, already talked about Naomi. Um, one of the books I read this week uh, is Runaways number uh, eighteen, which was uh, written by Rainbow Rowell, who's been writing the entire series so far. And uh, the art for it was done by Chris Anka, and this is his last issue on the book, which is really sad because he's like really had like a really good thumbprint on the series. Like uh, the fashion of all the Runaways is great, top notch, um, and I think it's going to be like one of those things that's like kind of going to be like really missed as the series goes on. Um, but the latest arc is, um, you know, um, all the all the Runaways are kind of like back together again. Um, even Alex, who, uh, if you've read the original Runaways or watched the, actually, I don't even know if he was, if, if they did in the Hulu show, didn't finish the Hulu show. Um, but in the original Runaways run, uh, Alex was the traitor to the group and basically, um, you know, was going to, uh, basically fulfill like, you know, the role of what the pride is supposed to do. And basically sacrifice people to like these ancient aliens, so you know the world doesn't get destroyed. Uh, but basically, this arc is about the children of the Gibberum, which are like you know the beings they feed people to, uh, showing up and basically being like, "Hey, we haven't got any sacrifices. You need to sacrifice someone to us." Um, and the runaway is like trying to figure out like what they need to do about the situation. Um, but there's like one child in the, or, you know, child of the Gibberum who's like a little bit different. His name's Gib, um, and it's like this really kind of, you know, like this is like the penultimate, like or like this is like the the end of the arc where you know the runaways are fighting 
with the Children of the Gibberum. Uh, Gib is trying to stop both sides from fighting. Um, and it kind of like leads to a big thing where um, the Children of the Gibberum are defeated. Uh, Gib, Gib stays behind. He's now a part of the Runaways now, which I think is like kind of cool and interesting. Uh, and like this is like kind of the first new member of the Runaways we've gotten in a while. Um, but you know, Alex in the middle of the fight like does does some dirty stuff that like you know basically you know kind of like ostracizes him from the group again. So as he's leaving, uh, he turns around and someone's like, "Hey, like, can I come with you?" Um, and we won't know until the next issue. But uh, again. Like, I think Runaways is, like, one of the best books at Marvel. It's one of the best written books, one of the best drawn books. It's, like, such a delight. Uh, I think it's, like, on par with the um, original run by Brian K. Vaughn. And I think it's, like, if you really like the property and you're not reading the current Runaways book, I think you're doing yourself a huge service. Yeah. Awesome. I did love that, like, uh, early run. So it's definitely something to check out. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that's it for me. Yeah. Um, Wait, bits... can, I, can I quickly recommend uh, a series? Sure. The current Shazam uh, series that Jeff Johns is doing. Oh, I've been reading that too. I actually really like it. Um, it's interesting. I like some of the ideas that they're playing with. With the Matt, like the with the family and stuff. Yeah, I I also really love the the backup story for issue one. I'm trying to think what the backup story was. It was about it was Mar- Mary's uh, backstory. Oh yes, I kind of hope they do that with all the characters to kind of like it would make the most sense. Yeah, it make it would make things easier in terms of like newcomers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure like how I feel about this like um, the stuff with the train station overall. Like I'm waiting to see what happens with all that. Or King Kid. Yeah, like. I'm not like the the biggest Shazam fan, so like I'm not exactly sure if this is like an older character that they're revamping. So I, I have liked it so far, though. I mean, as soon as I mean, I know the I'm a little scared about like the movie. Oh, I think the movie looks great. Yeah, but I'm scared it's gonna. I, I, I everything like I was I was actually more scared for Aquaman than Shazam because I think because of how the character is. Like, as long as they understand that, like, he's a 12 year like, however old they make him, like, 15 or whatever. As long as you lean into that, which all the trailers seem to make it seem like they are, and Zachary Levi is doing a good job of that. And Mark Strong is goddamn awesome. As uh, like, Dr. Zavanna. And everything he's ever been in. Like, he, I would say, watch Green Lantern, just his scenes, and oh, no, still awesome in that, goddammit. Uh, like his, he is so wasted as Sinestro because his Sinestro is glorious. The rest of that movie can go fuck itself. I'm worried. I'm worried that even about the director though. He's only done. He's only done two movies. Uh, um, I mean, that could like, be good or bad. I mean, the uh, he did like that Annabelle movie from last year or the year and a half ago, and uh, I didn't. I didn't see it because I. I mean, like, I don't really care about Annabelle, but. Uh, I heard that movie got like really good reviews. People were like, were pretty surprised on how good it was. Um, and I think for all intents and purposes, it's like that's the movie he actually like that like you know it did so well that they're like, hey, like, do you want to go do this? And uh, so like hopefully, hopefully, like it's out of the park. I mean, like I think I think Shazam is like a a a pretty uh um 
you know, it's 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 T ball. It's like a it's super easy. It's like do do Superman if Superman was about a kid, you know. It's it's yeah, not that it, hard. It's, and, and, I, no. and I think the, and I think those trailers like do like a really good capture of like what like what that movie should really be. I'm trying to remember what the the friend is that they chose for this. I'm kind of upset that they didn't make it um, of the Marvel family. I besides Mary, I don't remember any of their names. You don't remember one, Freddy? That's well, what I was like. The, I wanted it to be Freddy, and if it is Freddy and he's not on crutches, I'm like, what are they doing? The kid in the crutches is Freddy Friedman. Yeah, but I don't think the kid that's running around with him is Freddy in the trailer. No, it is. So he doesn't have crutches in the movie. Because he definitely doesn't have crutches in the trailers. It doesn't appear. I don't know. I, I, I have high hopes for it, which is something I haven't said about a DC Warner Brothers movie in well, several years. Well, they are going to... Well, Darla, Pedro, Eugene, and Mary are going to be in as well, so... Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm, I have some hope, which is more than I could have said about DC in a very long time. When it comes to the movie specifically, yeah, and, I hope I hope those crazy bastards do talkie Donnie. It's like oh, if they man. do that, oh. I do, they do that. I'm like, oh man, you you crazy bastards did it. Yeah, it depends on how they do Tawny. Like, I don't want, I don't like when it's like bipedal Tawny, like in gear. I like when it's like a actual tiger, but it just talks to him, and you're oh, like, I like, oh, I like, I like talkie Tawny when he's like in a in a uh, in like a bother suit. Yeah. Um, oh, he's a little bit too like uh that's great like grr. unless they have him do a line like that just to be like as a joke like that would work for me but like it depends i'm not sure how uh that's like a weird line that could either like kill or not kill that movie if they handle it poorly mm-hmm. but i'm trying to think so uh why don't we quickly go through what we're picking up um i'm just gonna say the two books i am because they're already on both of your lists, which is, or ones on each of your lists, obviously Naomi number two, and I am going to be picking up Wildstorm. Um, I've really liked what they've been doing over there with that book and like that separate universe. So I'm excited for that. Nothing else is really coming. I will pick up that Power Rangers book when it comes out, but I will probably check out Justice League, but it's kind of like a low week, especially with like Detective 1000 coming out next week or like two weeks. So what were you guys picking up tomorrow or this week? Uh, you can go first. Uh, Return of Wolverine issue number five. Just want to see how the whole thing wraps up. Uncanny X-Men number 12. Uh, the Wild, Wildstorm number 20. Uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man number three. And Guardians of the Galaxy number two because I want to see again. I want to how see how that book shapes up. Yeah. And what happened to Rocket. Yeah. All right, and John, what were you picking up? Uh, I'm going to pick up Naomi number two, uh, Bitterroot number four, uh, Love Romances number one. Uh, Marvel's doing like uh, a bunch of uh, like for like their 80th anniversary, they're doing a bunch of like one shot issues that are basically uh, love letters to like classic um, genres that they used to do. So like they did a, a war comic one, they did a um, uh, like a Wild West one. Uh, but the one that comes out this week is going to be like romance themed, and I love vaults, so uh, I pick, I'm going to pick that up and see like how it is. Uh, and then uh, a thing that I am like super duper like 
A plus excited for is finally, after like so many years of being out of print, Viz uh, Media is going to be reprinting uh, Urusei Yatsura. Uh, Urusei Yatsura is created by Rumiko Tanahashi. Uh, she is the creator of Rama One Half, uh, Inuyasha, One Pound Gospel, uh, you know, Renee, like, she is, like, one of the most important comic creators of, like, the last, uh, you know, 35 years. Um, and, like, Urusei Yatsura is, like, one of her first big books. Um, it was, like, originally, like, released in the United States, like, it was originally released in Japan in, like, the 80s. Um, and then they were doing, like, these single-issue versions of Urusei Yatsura in the 90s, but it was, like, never fully, uh, put into print, uh, up until now, so, um, this is gonna be, like, my first time kind of, like, reading this stuff, and, like, Ron the One Half, like, when I was a kid, uh, that's what got me into anime. Uh, I think it's, like, one of the most, in, like, it's, like, within the DNA of me as a reader of comics, like, Rama One Half, like, takes up, like, so much. And so, like, I'm, like, kind of, like, really excited to see, like, the genesis of, like, Rumiko Tanahashi as a creator with, like, one of her, like, most beloved characters in uh, Lum, who is, like, this uh, space alien who comes to Earth to take over the world, uh, but she falls in love with, like, this young boy and hijinks. Awesome. I, like, while you were saying that, I was, like, trying to think of what got me into, like, comic, like, for me, like, both were, like, stuff given to me by my older brother. So, <laughs> one of the first animes I ever watched is probably something you shouldn't start anime with, which is Akira, when I was, like, 15. Yeah. <laughs> which is the first anime I ever watched. But, like, I'm trying to think, like, comic-wise, it was probably an X-Men book, because I was so into that 90s X-Men cartoon. And my brother gave me a bunch of comics. But, um... Oh, I, I, can I just quickly say what got me into comics? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, technically, it was a movie and a comic that was some sort of a, sort of inspired the movie. Uh, the Dark Knight from t- the the film. Mm-hmm. Of the Ledger Joker? Yeah. And I was watching Totally Rad Show and... They were, they were in their review. They were, or they did a comic book, a comics segment, and they recommended uh, uh, the Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that there's a lot of uh, inspiration taken from that for Dark Knight. And I, I for some reason I don't know I, I don't know how it ha- like why I got, or I got it for Christmas from my sister, and I just let it sit on my floor for months. And I, for some reason, I just it was sort of like I just needed to read it. And this was, like I said, months. This was actually a couple of years after the film came out, like after the movie came out and everything. So a lot of time passed. I read it. Immediately started ordering. Con- I, I like I was getting. Uh, my mom was on dis is has been on disability for the past fifteen years. And when I was fifteen, sixteen, I was getting a check each each uh, month of five hundred dollars. Just because I was under eighteen. Oh god, I'm making me feel so old right now. I took my entire. I took. I get. I I had the thing cashed. Took all the money. Went to my local comic book store. Spent all of it. <laughs> bought Watchmen. Bought a whole a fuck ton of of, of 
comic book stuff to the point where, like I earlier, I I like I literally have no room to put to collect like to put my stuff. And earlier today, uh, I Vampire the first th- the three trades came. Oh wow! I like I love I Vampire. That's something I have to go back and check out. That uh, we are Robin. Uh, Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run. <sighs> Man. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can wrap up this episode. If we want to do a quick round of plugs, uh, John, you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, you can find me on John J uh, underscore F N underscore Siler S V I L E R, uh, where you can just see me talk about comics and uh, stuff I'm working on at work and a bunch of other stuff. Got nothing huge planned for work right now. All right. And you can listen to John and Alan and myself also talk about cartoons on Legion of Tunes, which is part of the Los Haro podcast empire that comes out the same day as this. Every Thursday, go to losharo.wordpress.com. Look for Los Haro on iTunes, on all your podcast uh, platforms. Me and Alan also do Smallville Chronicles, which John joined us for a bonus episode where we watched a terrible Supergirl pilot with Adrian Pilecki. And Wonder Woman. Sh- oh, Wonder Woman, you're us. Yes, correct. <laughs> I'm already trying to black out that entire hour I wasted of my being. Um, and we just had our first episode of season three, which was great. And I just watched the first, uh, episode three and four today. And I am trying to find myself from watching more because season three is when stuff starts to really kick off. And Alan also does another podcast for Los Haro, which is Los Haro Games. And you do that. It's every Sunday or Monday, you said? Every, yeah, that's when they generally come out. And you guys just had like a big giant episode that came out this weekend, correct? Yeah. It, the way it goes is Hunter or Emmett says, okay, we can't do a three-hour show. We, <laughs> at, we end up nearly going three hours. Yeah, every time I think I've been on three times and they've all been close to three hours. And I don't know if it's just how uh, me and Emmett go off like on some sort of weird tangent when I've gone on, but it is a fun show. If you're a big gamer, I'm a big gamer. Um, yeah, uh, I I talked about Crackdown Three, uh, Far Cry New Dawn, and Metro Exodus. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I actually just got and I have to play, which maybe I will start tomorrow. Uh, the Shonen Jump game. Oh, uh, Jump I, Force. Jump Force. Yeah. God, that game looks super ugly. Yeah. <laughs> But, I don't know. I don't know how the community that like thinks like the Pokemon and Detective Pikachu look super ugly, or like oh the God. idea that they like Alita's Alita's eyes are too big. It bothers me. Will also go uh, and plays Jump Force. Alita's eyes is like a whole other discussion that we could have at some point. From like that it, first trailer to the movie, it, but the Pokemon look amazing. But, um, yeah. I'm going to play Shonen Jump and be sad that I spent money on it, probably. But I got a free poster, so huzzah. But uh, we will catch you guys on the next episode. But uh, thanks for joining us. Adios.